Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Coding. <laughs> Hi, you're listening to Fail Like an Artist with your hosts, Julie Battisti and me, Phoebe Ganza, a podcast discussing all the ways we've failed as artists with insight, advice and humour. Each episode, we will discuss a failure and what we've learned from it. And this week, we're going to have a question and answer session. Um, but first, Julie, how do you do? How do you do? How are you doing, mate? <laughs> it's been a week. Fill, fill, us, fill them in, because I know. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us what's been happening. In... We went off our um, our holiday that needed a holiday from straight into a week of ISO with COVID, mm. which has been fun. And look, we have it. We're all we're all okay, and none of us have been. My husband's the only one that actually was sick at all. But it was just the last thing you needed. <laughs> no, yeah, I threw myself a sizable pity party. I'd say. <laughs> I think you're allowed. In fact, I gave you permission to have a pity party. <laughs> you really did. You pulled me up from doing too much of the, we're all okay and it's all right. Because in the midst of that, I was also like sending you messages saying, I only cried <laughs> once today. I think it was twice. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping me honest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think you're allowed. After having what, after going through what you went through with your gastro pug and ripping through the whole family and then... To sort of be like, finally home and think, yes, okay, kids are going to be at kindy and, you know, going to have my husband back at work and the house to myself. And then, no, no, the universe had other plans. I really did. Bit more intensive time together for you. <laughs> We're really close as a family now. Yeah. <laughs> well, every cloud. Oh, Jesus. Oh, poor you. Anyway, so that was my week yeah. in a nutshell. Um. How about you? How was your... Um, well, um, how's my week been? It's been busy, yeah, because I did my my art workshop. Yes. Um, which I kind of called a sip and paint, um, may, may, mainly to just entice people along because I thought they would be sort of 
the art workshop sounded quite dry and boring. <laughs> so I had to sort of say, you can drink <laughs> if you want. <laughs> and then, um, you know, that was, the, that was the carrot. So get them in the door. Um, but um, so that took a lot of mental... It took quite a lot of mental um, energy um, leading up to it just because I obviously hadn't done anything like that before. Um, And so, and I think, like, I think think because I've got ADHD and, like, I find planning and stuff like that quite challenging and time management. And so I, and also once there's, there's something big like that, kind of looming it kind of I can't multitask with other things so I did sort of have to put everything else sort of on pause so that I could, could really well I couldn't really do anything else like I, my, I mm. just was at like f- full capacity just thinking about that and I know that um, we, um, we spoke the day after and when we were talking and you were feeling quite tired it was just I think keeping in mind for next time that it's not just like the week beforehand where you lose all that time doing prep, mm. planning the class, practicing the class, prepping the boards, mm. doing all that stuff. There's also like those two or three days after you've done the thing where you're just, you get that exhaustion. It's like when you've just started a new job and you've had all that information overload. Yeah. And it's the, as much as that um, adrenaline that you get from teaching something, it's like, I loved teaching and it's a really yeah. awesome thing to do um but it's almost it it really highlighted the 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 cost of anything that you do and and by that I don't mean like financial cost I mean that there's a there's a price to pay for everything you do and you know and um I guess I I wasn't really because I didn't know because I've never done it before but now I sort of know the the cost of doing Mm. an art workshop is not just the three or four days before or the week before really um it also for me involved probably two days after um to kind of just like recover a little bit and i think it is really draining mentally and mm. um you know just even the just the talk the teaching part like talking for 3 hours and being on you know yeah. like being in charge for 3 hours and all the lead up to it with the adrenaline like you said and the kind of um nerves and stuff and then you do have like a big come down the next day and um for me especially it kind of did make it did really highlight for me the, the reason why I didn't ca- kind of carry on with teaching as, as in being a teacher mm. because because I mean like as I much as I loved it I really did love it I loved it way more than I thought I would but doing something like that, small little sessions, and maybe I don't think I could do more than like one a month ever. Mm. I, 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 re- you know, I've kind of like that was enough. And I, you know, my husband, he, the, he teaches um, teachers and he's just constantly, you know, talking all day long, teaching, <laughs> doing workshops, doing seminars, all of this stuff all the time. And he gets energy from that. Like he thrives on that. But for me, like one three-hour session, and I was like, "Don't talk to me <laughs> for at least three days, anyone." <laughs> like I haven't left my house, basically. Um, it m- made me really realize why I didn't carry on with teaching. Because at the time when I trained to be a teacher, having only being like twenty-three, like I didn't know then that I had ADHD, 
at all. But I, I, and I didn't even really know. I didn't know I had anxiety, but I struggled that year massively um, because the full-time teaching and learning for a whole year, like every single day having to be on in that classroom for like, what is it, eight hours or something. Mm. Um, it like literally, I was burnt out by the end of that year, like absolutely burnt out. And I knew, like I got offered a job at the school, like a full-time job at the end of that year. And I just knew I couldn't take it. I just knew I couldn't do this. And I felt like such a failure. Like I still like, like even now I feel triggered thinking about like how, wow, I didn't even, I've never even um, like joined that dot. (laughs) Mm. I I really did feel uh, like, like a huge failure when I walked away from teaching. I just think was I invested a lot into, you know, it's a big investment trying to decide that you want to be a teacher and mm. all of that time and the energy and like then to get to the end of it and then go, I, don't, this, I can't do it. Well, I think reflecting back on why something didn't work out is, it is, it's going to use the word powerful, but that feels wrong. Like it's. But like, I've never thought about it till right now. Mm. Like I, I think I've always filed that part of my life under just like failure and shame you know yeah because I didn't know I just want to talk about having a bobbly voice <laughs> I didn't know at the, I didn't know what I know now I didn't know at the time that I had ADHD I didn't mm. know at the time that I had actually given myself a massive anxi- <clears throat> like anxiety disorder I, I was suffering from massive generalized anxiety by the end of that year and I didn't know it mm. I just thought I was a failure because <laughs> I so you just weren't I coping I could... with something that other people were coping with yeah that's mm. it like other people like friends of mine had also trained to be teachers too because it was kind of like okay we actually need to get a job now what can we do with our degrees that we've got you know <laughs> so it was quite a common thing amongst friends of mine to go mm. and train to be teachers so like my best friend two of my best friends both did it and I did it, you know, and it was like, and then they were like, yay, and now I'm going to get a job. And, you know, the shame I felt with not being able to go, oh, yeah, me too, yay. Like, I literally was like, I'm going to run away to New Zealand, actually. Mm. <laughs> I'm actually going to so do that. It would have just been stimulus overload for you, though. Like It was, and it was, it's just, I'm not saying that if you've got ADHD, you can't be a teacher because absolutely you can and I know for a fact actually that my you know I do know people that have and and do it really really well um but you know it's it's very individualized thing Mm. but I know for for me it was just too many processes at once to to cope with and maybe if I could have done it part-time or I don't know teach adults or something but it was the behavior management and the planning and the time management and all like all of the executive functions that I have a deficit in (laughs) like let's face it they're the things I struggle with most and there Mm. I was having to pretend like at that time not knowing that I there was a reason just feeling like why is this so hard why can other people do this like how like I felt like I was juggling you know bowls of porridge I was like this is just all over me and everybody else is just there just like la 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 swanning around looking calm and I just was like 
honestly an absolute mess inside and I had to pretend that I wasn't oh like it really really was just an awful time and um I think maybe that's why I've really like not want, done anything like this bef- you know before because mm. I've I've not I've not trusted myself and I stood up turned and looked at the 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 I, my like easel where I had my color mixing thing on and honestly I absolutely for about 3 seconds thought I'm going to have a panic attack mm. <laughs> and I and I and I and I I thought oh god I can't do this and there was a split second where I was like oh, my mind is absolutely blank I can't remember anything that I was going to say and I turned around and there's all these people like in a room and my friends you know turn the music off there's music playing, and silence and I just like it felt like it felt like about 10 minutes but it must have only been about three seconds <laughs> but I just like time slowed down and I was like I can't do this oh my god and then I was really honest though and I just said oh I'm really sorry I'm feeling really nervous okay and my friend my bless my friend Kate who's just sat really like next to me because I was like you need to sit there because I just need you to be there if I need help like and she was like okay I'll sit right right here and she just looked at me she goes you're okay you're okay you got this and I just went oh yeah okay I've got this I've got this and I just you know I was like okay right okay I'm sorry I'm really nervous this is the first time I've done this thank you for all trusting me and being guinea pigs because like I I'm I'm not I, I feel like I just I'm you a do bit have to start nervous. somewhere. Like... And everyone was like, oh, it's all right, it's fine, it's fine. You know? And so then it kind of just got it out. And rather than, like, I think, take me back to being a teacher where you were in the class with all the kids looking at you, and you, you can't, well, I wouldn't have never, ever been vulnerable and said, I'm really nervous, actually, class. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you, you can, so you have to internalise that, and that's where that panic and that anxiety then just grows and grows, isn't it? But because I said it, it just that it like diffused. It was like a it was like a a balloon going, and then I was like, ah, oh, well, what's the worst that can happen? I've told them I'm nervous. I've told them I'm, you know, feeling a bit like unsure, and they're all smiling at me and saying it's fine. So I'll just start waffling, and then I just started talking, and then you know when you just start talking, it it suddenly you're like, oh, that's right. This is I remember what I was gonna say. And so it, and then it was fine. And I don't, hopefully no one noticed even. I sort of said to my friend at the end, oh God, I felt a bit like I went a bit silly. And she goes, no, you're fine. Like, you know, you just, you're nervous, but then you were brilliant. It always seems bigger in your own head. But, and also I just, I don't want you to forget, like you sent me a really cute message when you got home about how it went well and how excited you were and just how lovely that feeling is of knowing that you've made an impact as well. Yeah. And I yeah, think no, it's it was. easy to forget that sometimes when you think about all the work that went into it and the time that it took you to recover because you did mm. also enjoy it. Yeah. And... No, I know. And it I did. And it, it's, it was still worth it, 100%. I'm just really glad I've done that first one now, like I've mm. ticked that off because I will never have to do a first one again. Yeah. You know, that's done. I've 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 done my whatever, what, what was the saying? I've... Popped your cherry? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but um, the stripes, I think I was going for, <laughs> you know, yeah. 
took it a different road um <laughs> I was no I w- and I did love it like you know that aside like I you know that was the bit which felt like a bit of a wobbly failure but minor in comparison like you know because I mm. I genuinely know that I taught people something that they didn't and they were amazed you know because I taught them how to draw out their you know upscale their image using a grid and I took I only allowed them to use three colors we only used the primary colors plus black and white and they were like oh. you know <laughs> that was that quite was stick was it <laughs> that was my stick that was where I was like guys they were they were like how what how are we gonna paint this when we've only got these colors <laughs> like where are the other colors <laughs> and so you know I sort of said look a bit boring we're gonna just do a little bit of color theory first but don't worry it's gonna be quick and then like it was just so f- great like going around like you know where someone was like, well, how, how am I going to make this teal colour? How, how, how do I make this? And I was like, oh, God. Right, okay, so, you know, you know how to make a light blue. How, how, how are you going to make a light blue? Oh, well, a bit of blue and some white. Brilliant, show me. Okay, there you go, you've made light blue. Right, what are you going to add to that to make it a bit more greeny? Well, a bit of yellow. Great, add a bit of yellow. See, what's that look like? Oh, yeah, that's looking like, right, yeah. Okay, what do you think needs to happen now? Well, it's a bit dark. So what would you add to that? Oh, just a bit more white. Go on then, show me. Oh, look, there. It is. Oh, my God, I've just made the colour, you know. And just <laughs> seeing them do that. and Witnessing like, someone's light bulb moment is always yeah, pretty awesome, it was actually. Ama- it's amazing. Right. And just going around and, and them constantly just being surprised at themselves for matching the right colour and getting the value right. And, you know, it just made me go... I'm actually, I do know some things, I guess. I have learned something along the way. And, oh, I'm um, so happy for you and proud of you. Like, Thank you. It is hard doing anything new and especially something in front of other people live. Like, <laughs> can't edit yeah. it the way we do this podcast sometimes. You Seriously, can't... if you guys saw the way we started tonight, it would be... <laughs> it was a shit show, honestly. <laughs> it was an absolute shocker. I forgot, I forgot even how to, like, get a screen up for Not the recording. Anyway, <laughs> but anyway, that wasn't. No, I'm stoked for you. That's really awesome. And just the end, like seeing them all, like the time. I don't know how I managed to make the time work because really it was a. I just had to kind of guess how long it would take, and I hoped it would. Uh, it took me an hour and a half to paint the painting when I did my test, and we had three hours. And I was like, well, I'm hoping that with my little intro, it's not going to take longer than that. Um. And literally, like, they were putting their paintbrushes down exactly at the point where I was like, okay, guys, we kind of need to finish now because it's 6.30. And they were all like, oh, okay, quick sign the painting. And then we, you know, they no one was, like, walking out of there with a bit of white canvas showing. They all had, yeah, and just getting them all together and, and taking a vote with them all stood together. Like, honestly, I felt like a little proud mother hen with a load of chicks and they were all there with it. And they were amazing. Like, they were amazed. And, like, I had people message me saying things like my husband can't can't believe I painted this he's it's probably the most amazed and proud he's ever been of me and things like that you know um so it was lovely yeah Uh, sorry I don't know what happened to me then I feel like I sound like I I feel like I I sound unhinged (laughs) just keep it's like therapy with Julie pulled something out of me that I didn't ever say. I need to start charging more. Oh. <laughs> We're gonna call it therapy. 
<laughs> Tell me about your childhood. <laughs> God, don't. I'm going to get you to put your hand on your heart in a minute, Julie. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so that's that. And... Um, so yeah, I don't feel very low on the fail scale this week. I'd yeah, say. Do you, where do you think you are? I feel like, and after today, where I did some other really hard, boring bits and bobs, and you coached me through it on the phone. Again, probably need to start charging me. Um, <laughs> don't be stupid. You I feel like saved me I feel, this week. I feel like I'm. Oh, I don't want to jinx it, but I might be a seven and a half, possibly even borderline eight. I thought that that meant oh, you no, were wait. Bad Is that week. high? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. The other way. Like, Start again. Shit, have I been doing this wrong for the last <laughs> five weeks? <laughs> Is 10 terrible? 10's bad. Ten's burning. Okay. Yeah. Studio's burning. Sorry. Start again. I think on the fail scale this week, I might only be about a three. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. Because, especially after the last few weeks that you've had, like. <sighs> Epic yeah, I, turnaround. I, I, I feel like I have. I, I've, um, you know, and, and you know, God, sounded a bit <laughs> Australian then. We've definitely been talking more this week. All of a sudden you got your twang on. <laughs> oh, God. I, I know it won't last, you know. It, oh, God, I've said it again. <laughs> I know it won't last, and um, but I'm just going to be happy to sit in it and feel like that was a success. And... Mm. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm doing okay. I'm doing. I'm all right. How about you? Where Where are you on the? F- I mean, I know. Obviously, COVID aside, let's go. Let's <sighs> talk, tell me how the art's going. You have you managed to get in the studio? I have the last couple of days. Look, I will be honest. I threw myself a killer of a p- pity party this week. Everything was awful. Hated everything. Everything it- is awful. Yeah, don't do. You, <laughs> do. You- <laughs> know that song or did I just... I do and it okay, was like sorry. triggering no more singing no, no more singing um oh uh, it was just I was in my head about everything so I was looking at my paintings thinking they suck uh, and then everything from even posting on Instagram I was like oh god people are gonna be so sick of seeing these same three works I don't I'm just not gonna post nothing because I can't yeah. you know if you don't have anything good to say um well I feel a bit like that at the moment you know and I just think that's fine if you haven't got and then content. I'm not making it up I think because I've sort of ended up losing pretty much a month of not being able to get into the studio during the day or even that much at night I had to sort of had to talk to myself and was like well, I'm going to have to readjust my expectations for the show and maybe I only you know aim to get <laughs> 10 paintings done mm. um and then uh, it was just all of the things felt like I was just really disappointed and felt like I was failing pretty epically because the paintings that I've chosen to start with have been three peonies and two hydrangeas and I Mm. felt like without having those other I was hoping to get an additional two floral paintings done yeah and it was like well now (laughs) it's going to feel really unbalanced like I've just done a show of peonies and hydrangeas and some clouds and it wasn't what I had in my head. Right. So if you'd if you'd done, you know, not three of the same at the beginning, you you, yeah. you would have. Yeah, I see what you mean. Well, like you say, I was definitely wallowing in it, and I had a few really horrible moments where I was just like, I should have thought about this more, and I should have. Oh, and I, I should have, would have, could have though. Yeah, I know, and you just you can't and. 
I was listening to a podcast yesterday called The Imperfects, which I sent to you, and we had a yeah, good yarn I about, loved it. And I have it to, we a, have to just say like we will link it in the show notes, and you need to. It's really good. It's a really good episode. I really appreciate you sending that to me. It was amazing. Um, there was just so many great moments within that episode and little nuggets. Um, like one of the things that I really took away from it was it's not about the goal. It's about who you become on the way. Mm-hmm. And I sort of hung on to that a little bit because it was like, well, if I, I don't want to be, I can't spend the next, do you know what I mean, five months stressing out, hating every day because no. of a goal that is only really going to be important to me. Like no one else is probably going to get to that show and judge me no, on the no one is. mix of flowers that are present because no one else knew what the expectations were and yeah. no one else is going to know that I've missed what I had except now I've announced it to the world on a podcast but that's <laughs> another story um I was going to be messaging you like um sorry but where's the other flowers <laughs> <laughs> look it was it was what I needed to hear in that moment about setting your own goals for success. And also mm. just one of the other things was they talked about for a while, the fact that it doesn't really matter, like no one else no. really cares. And I just had this thought back to when I used to work in a corporate job for a fashion company. And I remember working myself to the absolute bone and it got to the point where I hated that job mm. and I hated myself in that job for a while there. And when I left, I remember just thinking it doesn't, matter like it's no. genuinely it's not going to matter when the next you know Calvin Klein underwear campaign comes out what the mix of underwear to bras are like even if I've spent 12 hours on it and it, it's you know maybe we got it late to a department store no one cares no, and yet no we're living you know I was living my life like it did matter and it doesn't no and I think sometimes you know it's just one of the had one of those moments where I was like do you know what perspective because I, mm. I don't I I love painting too much to let this be the thing that undoes it for me. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so I spent most of my week probably feeling I was I was probably around a seven or an eight and I'm probably back at, I don't know, a five or a six now, just after a bit of oh, a... Oh, that's good. Well, yeah, that's okay. so good. I love it when things like that happen, when you listen to the perfect podcast or, yeah. you know... You bump into someone and they say something to you like it always seems to happen like when you really need it and then you read a quote or you whatever you know and then you go um it's completely changed how I've seen mm. that now like it was it was great such a great like I said it was such a great podcast um that that is a moment in there where it gets a bit woo and I remember messaging you going they've lost me they've lost me it was so great and then yeah but then it, it came back I listened to it yeah. and I yeah, I loved it. And Kemi Neckvapil, I think that's how you say it. Um, she was just so wise, you know, mm. like when someone's just so wise that you're just like, how can you be this, like, wise? But obviously that's her job. She's a public speaker. Um, but it just like, it just was like truth bomb after truth bomb, you know, the whole way through. And um, I just really found myself, like just really solidified that that what we were talking about in the other episode about success like it really did solidify that idea that you know it's personal to everyone but it's not it's never kind of the end goal like it's mm. never you don't arrive you know you have to just feel it within and i think like with your f- exhibition 
you know you don't want to like get to that point where at the that when you walk in there and and you have all the paintings on the wall you don't want to get in there and go I'm just so glad that's over and done now because mm. I didn't or enjoy to be thinking, any of that. I wish I'd just gotten those last four done because then, yeah, because that's not then, how I want to live the rest no. of this year. Like, there's no, there's no future. You want to, you want to walk in there and just be really like proud and just look at what you did create and be just and celebrate that. And it mm. will be whatever whatever you put up on the walls will be will be amazing. It will be because you're so incredibly talented it's you can't not be amazing but well it's true and like you are like you need to own that because you are very talented and your work is beautiful and like just stunning and so just like even if you just put three peony paintings up like it would blow people's socks off walking in the room I know I'm just and not it, feeling it this week. Like I just have keep looking at my work and all I can see is the things that I'm not happy with and I know that that will pass and it's a process I just kind of have to get through. But, and I think sometimes when people tell you that for me, some, it, when I'm feeling insecure about my work, when someone says, oh, but your work is so great, it just makes me feel like everyone's expectations are really high and then when they see it in real life, everyone's going to be like, oh, Kind of look better on Instagram, like. I don't know. Did you think that when you, when you bought my art on, and you only saw <laughs> online, and when no. you saw it in real life, did you go? Were you underwhelmed? Because that's what I felt. Like I, when yeah. you bought that, and we didn't know each other as well then, and I sent it to you. I was so nervous that you were going to be so underwhelmed, and then it was going to be this awkward thing where you had to lie and pretend that you liked it. You know I freaking love it. So you you see what I mean? Like it's so easy when the shoe's yeah. on the other foot to kind of think that that's how people are going to perceive things. But like I think it's always always better in real life than it is on Instagram or like a screen. You know, it's because mm. then you see the the work and the the effort and the detail and the scale and all of that. You know, um, but it's okay to hate your work for a bit or like be insecure about it like that's just part of it that's normal yeah and um especially if you know you've been under a stress from all different things going on in your life as well like I think that just puts you in a sometimes in a headspace where like it's really hard to see you know like anything you know like everything just is tainted by this like external stress that's going on in your life yeah it's just you know when it's sort of and I think when you start wallowing in that and then it just feels like everything feels mm. awful and it was so I'm planning a bit of a photo shoot for my works so that I've got some great material that I can share of it styled up in the house and then I was like oh, I'm gonna have to find some clothes to wear for this photo shoot that I feel comfortable in mm. and even that in my head was just like I can't, I, that has me frozen in fear like I'm gonna look like crap I don't know I don't want to have my photo taken I mm. It just, and then I've kind of just, I'm at the point where I've just about shaken it off. I think I just need a mm. couple of good night's sleep, which are hard to come by at the moment, yeah. but, you know, we hope for the best. Um, it, it's just been a sucky week and that's okay. Yeah. I think sometimes, mm. sometimes you Do just it. have sucky weeks. Like that's, yeah. And 100%. I've been, oh, I've got to say, I was really happy to get the podcast out that always, 
and then getting your message about how well your um event went really lifted my mood as well oh, and I think good and then I was excited about recording tonight because it always is just sort of like it's a little mm. you know it's fun and having these conversations actually makes a substantial difference to me like knowing yeah. that you have the same fears as me half the time even though we have completely different processes of how we think and go about things and the way we mm. view the world yeah it Oh, it's just so nice to kind of just like, oh, yeah. Mm. Anyway, so, so I'm nice. going to, I can see myself. I've got my arms crossed and I'm in my crazy Yeah, pose. you've got all tight and like a corkscrew. <gasps> I bet your legs, are your legs crossed? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are, they, are, they, are, they, are they corkscrewed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, well, I, feel like I think I've, you're doing um... really well. I think, I think you're doing amazingly well. And I mean, um, but, you I... know, what I think I just hate feeling like I've bought it on myself, like that I bit off more than I can chew because. But you know what, Julie, you can just spit a bit out. (laughs) So true. Like if that, if you can't swallow it, (laughs) spit a little bit out. (laughs) I'm thinking a donut, by the way. Like I'm imagining (laughs) you with a big mouthful of donut. (laughs) Too much donut. (laughs) Spit a bit out. Just why we had quite a giggle last week after the inside outside um, in our burger <laughs> exhibition title. Someone messaged um, and was suggesting another name, like to flip that said a bit, and um, outside in. And I thought, oh, that is a much more eloquent. Outside in. That's better. Does, can I tell you what I, my first, no, I won't tell you. Yeah, no, tell me. Belly buttons. <laughs> Okay. Okay. On that note, let's crack on with our questions. So, question one How do you maintain motivation when you're working on a commission or a piece of work? Well, you do more commissions than me. So, what's your kind of strategy for that? I think the main thing that works in my favour is that I usually work on more than one piece at once. So I'm usually working on three different artworks-ish, you know, at least at the same time. And so when I'm feeling like I am getting tired of a piece, I can take a break from that piece but still sort of maintain momentum and get another piece up to a point where I'm enjoying it and then go back to something that I'm struggling with. So you're sort of getting that time away from something where you can visually problem solve and do all of those things or just have a break. Um, without, you know, actually taking time away from the easel. Yeah, I think that's a really good answer. Okay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that as it is then. Next question. When you sell through a gallery, do you set your own price or do you let the gallery dictate the price of the work? Um, but I'm fairly new to selling through galleries, really, but I've always told them my price. What about you? Yeah, I I think normally it's good to have an idea of where you think your prices should be sitting. And these days with my galleries, I try and keep parity across all three galleries that they're all mm. offering things at the same price. But sometimes, so for example, if I haven't had a floral work anywhere for a while, I'll, I will say usually for a piece of this size, 
it would be about this much, but I'm happy for your team to let me know if you think we need to move that up or down a little bit. And Mm. I always have a view on where I think it should sit because I think if you let them, I think it's worth getting a gallery's opinion because generally they will know their clients and a range of work more than you will. Um, But I think you should always go to it with some sort of idea of where where you should be. How do you reach your ideal audience on Instagram as well as all the lovely artists? I think that's the sort of $65,000 question, isn't it? (laughs) That we're all trying to answer. Um, I think when when you write your caption, it's really important to think of your, you know, ideal audience in mind. So if you're trying to kind of engage someone that's a, you know, your ideal deal person that's going to buy the painting, um, it's a good idea to, rather than just sort of, I don't know, just say, here's my painting of a grape or whatever, you know, you could phrase it in a way that kind of entices that person to think they want to own it. So, that that could be done in several ways but um having a kind of story behind you know sharing the story behind like why you've created the piece of work like what your your intentions about why you've painted this you know um so that people kind of and and you know you have to build on on this it can't just be a kind of one off thing I think if you build on a kind of creating a connection with people by sharing about you and your process and your story, like, and your reason why you paint a certain thing, then people begin to kind of identify with your story. And then one, one reason people buy art really is because it's a, it's a way of them saying, this is, this feels like me. Or this feels like it represents some of the things I love or my values or my, you know, I don't know. This is this is just my aesthetic or, you know, whatever it is. And this painting reflects that. And that's why I've got it on my wall. Because it says in a painting what, what I'd like to say about myself. And so if you can kind of bring that bring a narrative and a kind of a way of expressing that in your posts so that some someone else out there is identifying a bit of themselves in in your work and you then that that creates a kind of connection and then that's that connection is a kind of pull that then they want to um you know own a part of and so the the artwork becomes like a token of like a a symbol of their self-expression through you through your mm. the way you've created something they they express themselves through through the buying that piece of art um so i think it's very important to to kind of not not just sort of go here's my painting of a of a thing and expect someone to bond with that purely mm. on a kind of just visual level but if you can give a bit more about the reason and the the depth, you're going to create that connection with someone. 
Hashtags also are useful. <laughs> um, the only thing that I would add is I think that taking quality photos does make a big difference. So showing your work at its best. Yeah, definitely. You've got um, to, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, think if you're going to use hashtags, make them relevant to someone that's searching. So think about your ideal buyer. Like what would your the person that wants to buy your art search for? You know, they're not going to necessarily search for, I don't know, like they might not search for painting of a grape because perhaps they've never really wanted a painting of a grape. It didn't even occur to them that they like grapes particularly. But if you put something like, you know, um, New Zealand artwork, you know, someone who's looking for a piece of artwork might type in that and then they might see the picture of a grape and go, oh, that's a really well photographed painting of a grape. Might click on that and have a look and then, oh, that, I love the reason why she's painted that picture of a grape and the meaning behind it. And oh my goodness, I love grapes. I want a picture <laughs> of a grape. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? So, all, yeah, there's, a, there's lots of factors that tie in, but also you've got to realise that I think you've got to go beyond Instagram, really, when you want to try and find your ideal audiences. There's, you've got to think about more than one avenue nowadays. How do you cope with paint and solvent fumes, Julie? Um, oh, look, this is different depending on what stage of life I've been in. Um, ventilation is really important. So when you can, having doors and windows open. Uh, over the years, I've changed a lot of what I use from changing from solvents to all solvent-free products when I was pregnant, for example. Um, sometimes I still prefer some of the products that have solvents in them, in which case I try and ventilate the space really well when I can. And keeping lids closed on products, having them in closed jars and only using bits when I need them. When I'm varnishing, I usually try and save that for a day where I can do it outside. Mm. And leaving it in a room where I can close that door that I don't have to then sit in that room with the um, fumes coming off that artwork. Mm. There are plenty of good books out there showing you how you can be as uh, safety conscious as possible with your work. I'll link a couple in the show notes. Mm. Um, it, it, it's not impossible to do. And there are some really great solvent-free products out there at the moment if you're finding that you are being impacted by the fumes that are being put off by. Are they comparable like are the, are the results as good i would say so but there are also some great solvents out there that have way less odor so not just um odorless solvent but there is one by language called solvent 75 which is way less toxic i don't actually think i think they can even maybe ship that one by air freight mm. um so there are some great alternatives these days there's been a long time since i've used a really fumy terps product Mm. Um, and even these days when I'm washing my brushes, I usually store them in or wash them in safflower oil, not in, or one of those brush cleaners at the end of the day I'll use. But while I'm still using the brush, instead of washing them or wiping my brush off in terps, I'll use safflower oil in between just so That's that I'm not... That's good. That's a yeah. good idea. So like I'd put my brushes in a jar of water, you yeah. have your brushes sitting in a jar of safflower oil. Yeah, so I just wipe them clean using safflower oil instead of terps. So I spent a long time, quite a few years ago, trying to make my practice as environmentally friendly as possible. And then when I was pregnant, I sort of took it a step further because I wanted to be safe during my pregnancy, but I still wanted mm. to paint. And yeah. 
I got quite a few comments from people almost angry at me for continuing to paint while I was pregnant and with the oil paint yeah yeah got sick of explaining look there is ways of doing it really safely and um but you do have to be careful like I during those months I was also wearing gloves most of the time and mostly making sure I still even in freezing cold Dunedin had a window open when I was using anything that wasn't 100% solvent free but you've got to find where your safety limits are yeah. and work within those but there are definitely options. alternatives and I'll, I'll there are options and I'll link them in the show notes just you know some a couple of good guides yeah and I've been playing with the um water soluble oil paints which you know are quite quite nice really and you know might not be something that you would choose to use but for someone who's segueing from you know into oils mm. and if you wanted to use oil paint without solvents then that's certainly an option that's out there as well so cool awesome do you plan your instagram posts or do you spontaneously make them Uh, 99% of the time it's spontaneous I would say um I don't I don't have the kind of brain that can plan very well (laughs) so um and I'm not really after like an aesthetic feed that's you know got you know I don't go oh I've done a close-up I need to do a this now and I need to you know a lot of people sometimes like to have a very nice looking feed but I mean obviously I don't want to look absolutely awful but I don't I just tend to try and post because I've got a reason to post so it's hard to plan that, isn't it? Um, mm. I do sometimes make a reel when I've got time, you know, like dead time. So, you know, like, you know, like not studio time, but like maybe um, if I'm, you know, my son's doing soccer practice or something, you know, and I'm just sat in the car, like then I might do something like that and then save it in my drafts and have it there ready for when I decide I want to post it. So that's quite good having drafts. you know having things in your drafts folder but yeah pretty much just just kind of wing it now (laughs) what about you i wing it yeah i don't have the capacity to start planning out posts just happens when it happens yeah i think it works for some people um you know you can get those apps like i think there's one called preview i think there's another one too i can't remember the name but where you can um you know, like, make put tiles of like the next see few posts. See what your layout got. will look like. And then, the yeah, next, yeah, you kind of see in advance what your layout might look like. And I think if you're time poor, it can be it can be really useful to kind of go, okay, right, I've got I've got ten minutes to think about this right now, and maybe I'll just you know do well ten minutes probably take too longer than ten minutes, but you know, like do a mm. few in a you would like sit down on a Sunday afternoon and do three or four posts, and then just get it done, and then just think right. I've scheduled, I think you can schedule them now. Yeah. Like, so that might work for someone who work, you know, especially if you're working another job during the week and you know that you're not going to be able to do it. Like, I actually think that would probably be sensible for people. But when I used to manage other people's Instagram pages, like quite a few years ago, I used to find it easy to make theirs in a batch. So I would plan like two weeks worth of posts. Mm. And it would have a cohesive look and I would be thinking about what I, what they would want to say during those mm. posts and usually she's getting input from that person, you know, we've got this product coming in this week or I've just done this hairstyle. or yeah. Um, 
so that can take a lot of the work out of it and then you're sort of free just to engage with the posts as they go up but for me personally it's just sort of like when I have two seconds to spare and I've got a photo yeah. then yeah I post it's yeah I'm not a planned in that way um okay advice on oh this is a good one advice on like studio lighting in winter months now you've talked about this before but i know you've got a good light that you rate highly yeah so i've got a light i'll link it in the show notes again it's called a shop canvas light and i just find that it is quite good in terms of you can angle it really close to your easel and it's sort of got either a base that you can sit on a desk or a clamp Mm. that you can attach to your easel or a desk or something Mm. um And I find the fact that I can change the value of the light so you can have a warm light or a cool light and you can have it really bright or not so bright, really useful. Um, In the past, I also had track lighting in my old studio with LEDs and I could put more or less LEDs into that track system. I haven't Mm. got that in my new studio and I regret not doing it when I had the funds. But in the scheme of things with the amount of painting that I do at night, it's one of those things that I think can be worth investing in eventually I spent a lot of years with just a few spotlights with really bright white led bulbs in them and that to be honest for years was enough so I think you just get the whitest brightest lights that you can and sometimes you can try and just soften that with um, a bit of distance between you and the canvas or you can put up a sheet or something like that if you need to if it's getting too glary I've got a light and I cannot remember what it is now I'm just talking about my when I had my studio built, I got an electrician to install an overhead strip light, and it's I can't remember what it is, but he suggested it, you know, because I told him what I wanted to use the studio for. Get an electrician, you know, yeah. to give you some advice, really, because I yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's very bright and it's and it's it's not cold. It's quite neutral, you know, like it's not a warm color, but it's not. It so it works. Re- it's really, really bright. Like if I go in the evening and I turn it on, it's like, oh wow, that's bright. Um, so it's actually, I put it on in the day, quite often, if it's a bit overcast, and it does give a good um, brightness, definitely. Cool. Can't remember what it's called. I'll try and remember. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. We'll um, we'll try and put it in the show notes. What are your biggest obstacles? My biggest obstacle probably is that the problems of executive function that I have. So time management and like sometimes just getting started on a task I find really, really hard, especially the harder tasks that I, that I don't get as much enjoyment out of. Mm-mm. Um. Yeah, I get. I can. I can get really frustrated with myself because I know, you know, I need to do something, and I and I I want to do it, and I, but I, it's like this paralysis sometimes that sets in, and I can't action it. Um, unlike today, like I was really struggling doing some Photoshop work, and you were like, "Shut up, you can. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, you can do it." And it was helpful, actually. Like, for me, body doubling is huge. So you, uh, you know, sitting, talking to me on the phone, I know you were painting, which was nice, um, but talking to you on the phone or someone, another friend on the phone whilst I work 
can especially if I'm doing a something like packing a painting you know like not not a job that I really like I love painting so I'm happy to paint I don't need anybody to tell me to, to do that and I, I can happily just listen to a podcast or music or whatever and paint but if it's a job that is not yeah like not as fun I guess or mm. as rewarding or like there's an element of challenge it can be really really ch- hard for me but if I have someone to talk to while I do it that that can be just really really helpful and also um, having an accountability buddy so I have a friend that I it's not you <laughs> sorry just to let you know you have um, other friends. <laughs> I have another friend <laughs> And um, we, every Monday, just send each other, like, um, a screenshot of our our kind of list of things we need to get done that week. Um, and we, like, check in with each other. And she's just really lovely. And I think it helps us both because we, we're we never kind of, like, you know, I would never say to her at the end of the week, well, you didn't do X, Y, and Z, you know. <laughs> but just telling each other, like, this, I actually got to do this, this, and this. And then you sort of just, for me, I just, it naturally kind of makes me want to do it because I've told someone that I'm going to do it. And so that is an obstacle for me, is that if I don't have that, it, uh, then I can either forget the important things that I wanted to do, even if I've written them down, mm. or get overwhelmed and then waste time doing something completely irrelevant and then, you know, berate myself because I didn't actually do this harder thing that I was supposed to do. Last time we had this conversation, I can't remember when it was, but I ended up getting you a whiteboard for Christmas mm. to see if that would help with... I was going to ask you, has that helped at all? I haven't... You haven't written on it yet. <laughs> well, I no, I have written on it, but I haven't wiped off that one and re- updated it. I think that this is the problem with me. It's like... So it's called object permanence. So like when you if something doesn't change like it becomes almost in, invisible um and so like if it's out of sight out of my it's out of mind and and like unless i'm reminded by someone like if you said to me every monday have you written write your whiteboard i'd be like oh yeah right that's right i've got to write, write my whiteboard but, but but like honestly i've forgotten that it was even there even though it's like there like how can i forget something that's physically there in my studio in my sight but I just haven't updated it for like three weeks, mm. probably. But obviously, your studio buddy is your like your um, accountability buddy has been your version of that. Like, so the whiteboard works really well for me, but that doesn't necessarily mean. Like, I it wish just... it did. Like, I wish it did, and I think if I got in the habit of it. But for me, forming habits is really hard. Mm. It's hard I think to it's start hard generally. Like... Yeah, well, it is. Yeah, it's hard to start a new thing. But like I for, just forget where yeah, whereas her texting me like how are you getting on, like mm. have you you know or just now it's become a habit to do that every Monday or sometimes one of us will forget and then but then you know one or other of us will remember, and then at the end of the week so I check in and then you're like oh I've got three things that I have I haven't done and then sometimes it's just like actually those three things were never going to happen I didn't give I didn't have enough time, or you like actually I could have. I could do that today, you know. What about you? What's your, what are your biggest obstacles? 
I've been thinking about this a lot this week, actually, and I think it's, it would be two things. The first would be time, and the second would be myself. So the just getting out of my own way, like getting out of my own head. There are some days where I feel like I've wasted two hours just... I don't even know what goes on. And I think time is really precious. What have you been doing for the last two hours? Mm. Um, and just time... Like the other day when I was readjusting my goals for the exhibition because I was like, I have to be realistic because I cannot. Like a few years ago Mm. before I had kids, if I'd had a month where I couldn't paint, I would have just been like, all right, I'm just going to pull a few all-nighters and I'll catch up. Wow. But I can't do that anymore. Like Mm. not just because I'm getting old, but it's also (laughs) like I've got other things that need attention during the day. I've got to be there for my kids and yeah. I don't want to be that sleep deprived that if I've got to get up in the middle of the night, it's an impossibility. Yeah. Time is such a hard one. Time mm. management for me is, is difficult. That is a, a huge obstacle. Yeah, um, it is, it's difficult. So this question is, how do I get back creative enthusiasm slash mojo? I'm in a funk created by external studio pressures, family troubles, lack of painting sales. And I seem to be making one average painting after another. The more I paint, the more they seem disappointing. Perhaps a better question would be how to find a mentor. Okay. Julie, how do you get your enthusiasm back? I think part of me thinks you've got to try and... Trying to think of what Kemi said early on in that podcast that I was listening to the other day about she'd had a really bad month or something and then she was just deciding that the next month was going to be better and she just because that's what she's going to live into it where you put your energy and your enthusiasm is where that thing is going to thrive Mm -hmm. and I think if you're coming into the studio with feeling all of those things that are going on outside of your Mm -hmm. life then it's really hard oh I find it hard that that's not going to seep into my studio practice And Mm -hmm. so I think it's either you start, you create a few habits that you do that shake those things off before you get into your workspace, whether it's a studio or just a desk in your room. You know, if it's make yourself a cup of tea or I used to have a shower before I went into the studio, Mm. which seems like the wrong thing to do. But I found that it would wash off the day. I'd feel awake. It was, you've got to, or I'd go for a run. Yeah, I, I find if I'm in a funk going for a run, it's definitely a good way to get out of it. or And that then <laughs> means I have a shower afterwards, you know, and then you get dressed and you have some endorphins in your body, you know? Yeah, it is. It's finding um, those. Um, you've got to find well, the thing that works yeah. for you. Um, and in terms of finding a mentor, uh, I mean, find someone who you connect with, who you're going to listen to, and go from there like I have used a mentor a couple of times and it came from someone who I knew I gelled with really well conversationally Mm. and I trusted their opinion and because there's no point going to a mentor if you're not going to take that advice on board so Mm. I mean that'd be a great starting point and I know Phoebe's just started doing some mentoring so you might have a few more ideas on this well I mean if you feel like you're making one average painting after another and you're disappointed, 
I guess you could ask yourself what you what is what what is your expectation in the first place like why are they disappointing you like give yourself permission to just have a play you know give yourself permission to do something completely different and go okay well these this like you you can't just sort of what's the definition of madness doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result like you if you if you if you don't change something then you're going to get probably the same result so what can you change about your practice like what like judy said you could change the way you enter into the practice like for me if i'm in a funk um putting on like some really loud cheesy music is always good and just like that just gets the dopamine going and having a bit of a silly dance and um before painting even but sometimes I just love to just slap some paint like you know I love to just go back to doing some expressive abstract landscapes on you know big sheet of paper and I just just slap a bit of paint about and have no expectation and it might be absolutely horrible and I you know put it away at the end but you might learn something in that process of trying a completely new material or a completely different way of painting than than the what, what you're previously doing so um you could try using you know your non-dominant hand even or, or like um an extended paintbrush and um i've seen oh who was yeah that lady florence i've talked about before she was doing some painting with a really long paintbrush the other day and it was amazing you know just um but yeah finding a mentor I think you could probably ask around if you've got an Instagram account you could ask if anyone else you know has used someone because I think personal referral is always a good way to go um or just yeah like Julie said someone that you feel that you can trust who who kind of has the same kind of values or you know just you feel like would support you and be non-judgmental and yeah you want to usually just reaching out and you know asking that person a few questions to just sort of gauge how they respond and go from there sorry i'm just reading i keep rereading their question because they're talking about lack of painting sales and the fact that they think they're they're doing one average painting after another and that they seem disappointing and all i can think of is that what worries me about that question is so at the moment I think that painting sales are tough everywhere and so if you mm. can it's not if if you're finding that your paintings are disappointing because they're not selling like if all of yeah. your paintings were selling would you be then giving yourself a different like appreciating your works more so I think sometimes when you're correlating your work selling with them being successful whether they're not selling mm. and then that therefore you think they're disappointing you've got to try and find a way of breaking that correlation for yourself because yeah well that just goes back to that podcast that that one of them on that podcast that we talked about um read out that rick rubin quote where he said about um the the successes in the moment that you feel you would be ready to share that painting um that's that's the success anything after that like any sales or accolades or you know profits whatever beyond the point of where you're ready to share that painting 
or that artwork that's out of your control so you can't mm. you can't base the the value or the success or you know like you you shouldn't use that metric from the point of after you've shared it you know to ha- allow you to then feel disappointed about the artwork because the bit that you can control which is the the actual painting of it that's the only part really that you should be allowing yourself to kind of determine the success or the you know so yeah I think it's hard because we can't obviously ask this person whether they're disappointed because of that they can't get to that end stage of looking at their painting Mm. and go oh I'm disappointed because I can't finish this painting and get it to a stage where I feel like it's good enough where and that goes back to that thing we've talked about with about the gap you know where your taste doesn't meet your the your ability to execute your idea yeah or whether you're disappointed because of the lack of sales which is which is actually an external metric that you know that you really shouldn't attach your your you shouldn't attach the way you feel about your painting to that metric yeah absolutely but hang in there, hang in there. It's tough. Keep painting. The only way out is through. Is through, yeah. Um, okay, how to get over the fear of things not being perfect <laughs> or anxiety that there will be just crickets when you eventually put yourself out there? Answer I think Julie. knowing that that's incredibly <laughs> normal helps. Like that, I think anyone I know in any profession has that same fear and that it's knowing that that's a thing and doing it anyway, that perfection mm. isn't something that's possible. Yeah. It's, um, it's not possible. And that it is incredibly hard to put yourself out there, but it can be really rewarding and, mm. you know, sharing your work with others can I be think... really give something to people. And ugh, I don't know that it, it's, <laughs> I I think I like I remember this really cheesy quote that this um, real estate agent of all people (laughs) said to (laughs) us once because we really wanted this house not this house that we live in now but another house Um, we didn't get the house spoiler alert but we went to the auction and I remember him saying to us you know like we were like oh do you think we'll get it you know and he said you miss all the shots you don't take. You might get crickets. But you know what? So what? If you mm. get crickets, like no, that you know, no one's seen it, so it doesn't matter anyway. But if you you know, if you never share it, then you're definitely never gonna get a response. So you've got to realise that it's not going to be perfect because nothing is, and. You don't want to get to the end of your life and go, I'm really glad I never shared any of this art with anyone. Like, how's that going to feel? And um, at the end of the day, no one really cares about, you know, like no one really notices. Everybody's so busy being living their own lives, wrapped up in their own heads, that your anxiety about worrying if anyone's going to like it or not is yours and yours alone mm. no one else really 
will pay much attention to it. And and then the ones that do, well, they're the ones that you, you know, want to engage with. And even if that's one person, it only takes one person to buy a painting. So you may as well just do it. Shut up, anyway, you can. Shut up, you can. <laughs> I might, um, even though we've got a few more questions on our list, we might have to save those for another day and maybe call it for this evening. So we do have an artist shout out for this week. And so it's Kaz McKenzie and her Instagram handle is Kaz McKenzie Art. I'll put a link in the show notes. And she is at the Artwork Orange pop-up group exhibition. So she will have more than a dozen artworks on display as part of the Artwork Orange pop-up group exhibition in Orange, New South Wales, Australia, open only for the June long weekend in the CWA Hall in Robertson Park, Orange. All art is for sale and entry is free. So that sounds pretty awesome. Yay. Well done, Kaz. So here are a few Ko-Fi thank yous. So thank you to Wendy, Andrea and Michelle for your Ko-Fi dollars. Um, Every little ko-fi that gets donated helps us keep the pod going so thank you so much for that we really appreciate it we appreciate you so much thank you and there will be a link in the show notes if you'd like to throw us a couple of ko-fi dollars and you know if you can and if you can't there is no problem if you can't you can do a free share it with a friend that you know just whilst if you're listening right now hit that little button where it says share on your listening app of choice and you can just flick that um, the episode that you're listening to right now to a friend and say, hey, have you heard of this podcast? I thought of you. And that's free and helps us immensely because, yeah, those personal recommendations really do um, get get a lot more ears listening. Julie, quotes. Have you got a quote? Uh, yes, I have a quote. Again, it's from that Imperfects podcast, which obviously made a big difference to my week. And so the quote was, the grass is greener where you water it, which... I just thought it was a really great nugget. I love it. It is. It's true. Yeah. What about you? Um, I don't have a quote um, oh per se, <laughs> but now I have something. Don't worry. <laughs> I have a quote that I wrote. <laughs> I know. I'm like that. No, I just shared this on um, Instagram earlier on our flap page. Um, so you've probably seen it if you're listening, but if you haven't, I'm going to read it out. Um, So this is for you, if you're feeling a bit wobbly at the moment. You're still an artist, even if you haven't sold much lately. You're not making a profit. It's not your full-time job. You haven't made art in a while. You've got creative block. You don't share your art. You haven't found your style. You didn't do formal training. You feel like an imposter. And the list goes on and on. But you're still an artist. So that's that. Okay. And a funny fail. Um, I have a funny fail. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me. Can I share my funny fail? Yeah, do it. We don't have a listener funny fail, so I'll jump in. So today I set up my camera in my studio and I was taking photos of some artwork that I need to, you know, document. And then... When I did all that, I thought, I'll just do some little extra um, photos of me. And I was taking your advice, Julie, (laughs) where you said, you know, just dance around in front of it. (laughs) And so I I was there 
doing some twirls with my self-timer on and then I looked up and my middle son was in the doorway <laughs> just looking at me because <laughs> he got home from school and I hadn't realised the time and he wa- walks home on a Tuesday by himself um, and he goes, Mum, is this what you do <laughs> when we're at school? <laughs> and I was like, um... <laughs> Yeah, sometimes. And he's like, why? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm taking my photo I'm taking a photo of myself. He was like, but why? Do people want to look at that? <laughs> I was like, Prob- probably not, no. <laughs> so anyway, that was my fail. And anyway, that was yeah. God. I think he and he, he actually said to me. It's almost a bit like you're a lunatic. <laughs> ah, out of the mouths of babes, hey? <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we need to wrap it up. Um, I hope you've enjoyed our chat. And um, oh, sorry, I got a bit funny at the beginning, a bit wobbly. But anyway, hopefully, Julie won't make me to sound too. <laughs> unhinged hopefully you'll edit out all the terrible parts I think you had tears for both of us today Um, thank you very much for having us in your ears we really appreciate you listening and for all the lovely feedback that you guys give us every week it means a lot Um, it does you can find the pod over on Instagram at fail like an artist you can find me at Julie Battisti and Phoebe at Phoebe Gander Art Um, check us a line we love to chat with you guys Um, And Take we'll care. see you next week. Yeah. Keep failing. See you later. I'm dancing in the studio like no <laughs> one's watching. <laughs> Bye, Julie. Bye. I so see you've really glammed up for me today, too. I can't hear you. I feel like you're making fun of me. Do you like my outfit? <laughs> I really am. It's for you. (laughs) (laughs) I literally just said I see you glammed up for me tonight. (laughs) Uh, I mean, honestly, this is just basically what I look like all the time. Uh, (laughs) Right. You don't dress, you don't paint in ball gowns? I find them a bit, they sort of get in the way, slightly. <laughs> well, just a bit they just sort of get in, get in, in the paint, gowns. don't they? And then you, your sleeve's all covered in... Yeah, so, That's you know, what I find. I'd yeah. save them for cooking instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, have we started? I just have to... Sorry, my ears. Oh, that's... I had my microphone facing the wrong way. <laughs> oh, my God. Good job I asked you about sound, then. <laughs> oh, it's really good. It's really good. It's so good. I think I'll have my microphone backwards this time just to try. Because I'm really good at editing. I like to give myself challenges. <laughs> and next week, I'm going to do the podcast from handstand position. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, stop. We can't.
we have to be sensible. <laughs> it's going to be a long <laughs> night of work. Oh God, this is going to be a podcast where I cry every week. <laughs> I think it is. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh God, can you cry more on the podcast and not behind the scenes? <laughs> sorry. And I just, it's probably said it in a Kiwi accent. <laughs> I can't do the Kiwi. I haven't heard you try and do a Kiwi accent. <laughs> How do they, it's a bit more up in the mouth. Up, it's like you miss all the shots you don't take. No, it still sounds Australian. <laughs>